Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Permission to Pivot podcast season two. I'm your host, Jasmine, and I'm so happy that you've joined us for today's episode. In season two, we're diving into how to master your mental, talking with mental health professionals, experts, and wellness enthusiasts about how um, transitions and pivots have impacted their mental health and wellness and how their mental health and wellness has impacted their transitions as well. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Nigel Marcellus. He is one of my dear friends and creative partners. Um, Nigel, could you let the audience and our listeners know who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Absolutely. Hey, first of all, I I love it. Catch me up. Please, 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 please. I appreciate y'all. Yo, for all the listeners, again, my name is Nigel Marcellus. I am currently a PhD candidate at the University of Kentucky. I'm also a talk show host. I think I'm a comedian. My friends probably agree, you know, top five funniest people on the planet. And like she said, I am a strong mental health enthusiast. I consider myself a communication specialist, somebody who helps people have healthier conversations with themselves. And a lot of that is based on different communication frameworks, but in addition to like really advocating for self-advocacy. So. I am a man of many things, and don't don't forget that I'm the I'm a comedian. That's the real one. I'm on <laughs> foot. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so we're gonna jump right into it. I know that our conversations are always very rich, and so I expect this one to be nothing short of a good time, as it always is. I'm curious to know. You talked about as a communication specialist. Mm-hmm really helping people to have better conversations with themselves. And so I'm curious to know how a previous pivot maybe influenced the way that you were communicating with yourself and what the impact of that was on your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, Truthfully, I'm a firm, firm believer that like everything starts with you, right? So as myself, as a base and a foundation, the ways in which I interact in the world, the ways in which I um, navigate friendships and relationships all come through how about, how I feel about myself. So when I recognize that I'm not feeling my best, I automatically have to put myself in a position to pivot. And pivot looks different ways. Sometimes pivot is um, growth. Sometimes pivot is doing the hard work of really looking at yourself in the mirror and understanding the things that you don't like about yourself. But I always find that in certain chapters of my life, because I recognize something that either I need to work on or something that I might not personally like about myself or things that I see that I need growth in, I those are always the catalyst, catalyst for me to pivot. Yeah. Um, and I think that oftentimes, right, like it's that feeling of like discomfort or or yeah, discomfort is the word um, that lets us know sometimes that like there's a pivot that's necessary, even if we're not necessarily sure where we're pivoting to. Um, but mm-hmm. we may be we may be very clear about where we're pivoting from. I'm curious, though, how you've been able to like cultivate um, that awareness for yourself, because like you said, like it looks different for everyone. And so mm-hmm. for you, like how have you been able to cultivate an awareness that like it's time to pivot I need to pivot or that maybe there is a pivot on the horizon 
um, based on, you know, what you're experiencing or what you're seeing or what you're feeling in yourself? Yeah. So that's a, man, that's a great question. The, the long answer comes down to based on the way I, in which I grew up in childhood, um, only child, I grew up in a way that, you know, I never really had consistent friends. I've always found a lot of peace and comfort in isolation and in solitude. And usually if something ends up going wrong, when I was younger, I always felt the responsibility to fix it myself. And in order to fix things for myself, I had to go into isolation. So I had to, I try to like duck off from the world, try to take space, try not to communicate with anybody. So fast forward to now, I recognize when usually when I'm having moments where I am isolating myself, when I am almost avoiding the people around. And again, my attachment style is fearful avoidant. So it's like whenever I'm recognizing those tendencies come coming out, that's when I'm recognizing like, oh, this is a this is an area where I need to grow and I need to really pay attention and have this conversation with myself because now I'm having these moments where um, it's not necessarily I'm doing things out of the normal, but it's like my defense mechanism. So like when I'm mm-hmm. very uncomfortable and a lot of things are going on, I'm able to recognize those signs of like, okay, I'm being really avoided. Okay, I'm isolating myself. I'm taking the time to really figure out what's going on. So being able to understand my patterns when I was younger as a child and how it those behaviors still influence me to the to this day is a key way for me to recognize like, okay, this is a moment in my life where for myself, I'm about to pivot. And then also to add on to that, I would say just the pressure of it. You know what I mean? Like you, you can tell when you're not in a good mind space. You can feel when things aren't right. So one thing I'm being a lot more aware of is like, how do things feel to my nervous system? And when things aren't bringing me peace and don't feel like it's coming from ease and it's a lot of tension and my body's tense and I feel stressed and I'm not moving as well, then it's like, oh yeah, there's, there's something here that means I have to, I got to make a pivot for myself. Yeah. You just said a whole lot in that one little bit, but, um, one of the things that I think about is, so you talked about your attachment style, which I'm going to, you know, I'm going to circle back to that. (laughs) Um, but really this idea of like choosing to isolate, right. For whatever reason, because you feel the pressure, like there are things that are maybe moving just at rapid pace and how, how do you work through, right? So like you have the awareness of like, you know, that there may be a pivot coming when I begin to like pull into some of these coping mechanisms from my childhood and like, and then what, and then what do you do? Cause I can imagine that there are folks that are listening that maybe have a similar pattern where, um, Right. I feel discomfort and I begin to isolate from my friends or from like certain spaces and things like that. And so then if you have that awareness, then what do you do with that to just push yourself right to continue to lean into growth? Yeah, that that's difficult. And it's not a one size fit all answer. Truthfully, I think Mm -hmm. it really depends on like what I'm going through or what's going on. Usually because I've experienced abandonment, the people closer to me, as far as proximity wise. I don't always feel as comfortable talking to them, right? And I know that's really hard and it's not a reflection of them, but it's more so a reflection of my own past and like how I've experienced people close to me when I do share what's going on. So in moments where I'm like isolating myself, I think it's me taking the time to really do the work to figure out what is going on. How are you feeling? 
what is where is this coming from? What is the triggers? Like being able to break those stuff down, but also outsource too. So like, although I might not feel as comfortable with talking to the people in proximity that's closer to me, sometimes it looks like talking to people like back home that is like miles and miles away. Sometimes it's like those random conversations with a stranger where it's just like the conversation goes one way. It's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm pouring out more than I am. For yeah. me, like my my go-to, my first love, how I got into creativity and everything is writing. So usually by the time I can actually find the words to write what I'm feeling, that is the ultimate release for me. And then last, always, always therapy, being able to talk it out with someone. So I think like sometimes people take it offensive when you say like, oh yeah, I don't talk to my closest friends. It's not that I don't trust them, even though in those moments, my trust is lacking. It's more so that like, because I'm self-aware, usually if I don't talk to the right person, they're going to tell me things that I already know. And that doesn't, that doesn't always help me. If anything, it makes me more frustrated because a lot of times for me, when I vent to people, I just need somebody to listen. Right. But when you go to somebody who's trained and has the, the education and the background and can call out what things are happening, being able to go to therapy helps. Because even though my therapist is like, oh, you're self-aware, you already know what you have to do for them. Or for that woman, she's more specific on like, but this is what that is. This is exactly how you're feeling. And this is what it actually looks like. And this is the behavior. So just, you know, sometimes you got to like really figure out what you're going through. But it, it, it definitely helps for me to like do the work of unpacking it. So by the time that I'm laying it out to somebody, whether it's trained or like in my writing, it's it's releasing and it's free. Yeah. And I love that you emphasize, right, that like, it's doing the work for self and then going to connect with whoever, your therapist, your family, your friends, like whatever that, wherever, right, it's journaling, whatever, that like there's a, there is a level of like self-awareness that's cultivated from doing your own work. And like, that's a part that you can't skip. And I think mm -hmm. this is my, my opinion, right? That like some folks try to skip through that work. Or they want someone to do the work for them. And then like the reality is that that's just not how it works, right? That like, yeah, you've got to do the work to like see the thing that you want to see. Like you've got to put some work into. Yeah. I think a lot of that though is because we're not taught how to do the work, right? Yeah, and I think absolutely. that's something that I had to learn for myself is that a lot of people genuinely like when you go through schools, we learn math, we learn chemistry, we learn English, but we don't learn how to like, how are you feeling? What is this emotion? We're like taught like, oh, happy is good and sad is bad and anger is bad. And like we, the ways in which we learn how to like even navigate our emotions is something, especially if you're black and especially if you're a black man, how we learn to navigate emotions is absolutely like toxic, right? So I think yeah. being able to, for me, what I had to learn is like being comfortable in the vulnerability of how you feel is number one most important thing. Like if I yeah. can't be honest with myself that I'm not happy right now and that I'm feeling sad, then every interaction that I have with other people is essentially fake because I'm not being my true authentic self. I'm not being the person who's like, yeah, like this is a bad day. And I think the minute we can start holding on to like the duality of life, like you can be sad and have joyful moments. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. okay. You can be very, very happy and have bad days. And it doesn't take away from your being, your value or anything like that. 
the minute we can start seeing like the duality or complexity of being humans, I feel like that's when some of the that fear of like being able to talk about our emotions and talk about what we're going through can start to like unpack among other things. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I believe like one of the hallmarks of being just human is that like it's a messy experience. And because it's messy, that means that multiple things can be true at one time and that those things mm-hmm. don't negate the other um, because it's just a part of like living in a human experience, right? That like we can, like you said, like we can experience a range of emotions at the same time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that one is better or worse than the other. It's just like, well, that's just what I'm feeling in this moment. Um, yeah. You talked about earlier going to therapy and I'm curious to know like in what it, what is something that your therapist has taught you that like you still hold on to as a a gem when you are going through seasons of like growth and evolution and transition that you like consistently come back to? Ooh, I, I think for sure the one thing that my therapist really like shown me is like I've always been self-aware, but the one thing that they really helped me understand is that my biggest struggle is unworthiness. So mm. moments in which I don't feel like I'm worthy, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, I'm cool enough, I'm best dressed, whatever. Moments that like trigger that unworthiness is usually what starts the snowball of me getting into a bad mindset or a mind space, right? Mm. And I think a lot of times when I look at myself and I reflect on just kind of like the place that I am or things that I struggle with, usually it all is rooted in some feeling of like, okay, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve to be here. I'm not good enough. So being able to have that awareness has helped me tremendously because it helps me catch myself in ways of thinking. It helps me catch um, different cycles within myself of things that I do because I am trying to prove to myself without even knowing it that I'm not worthy, right? So that's where like a lot of times self-sabotage comes from. It's like, oh, you don't feel like you're worthy and you don't feel like you deserve it. So why don't we continue to do things to prove to yourself that you aren't worthy? And I think because I have that awareness, because that she was able to really call that out, now I'm in a better position of calling it out when it comes like, oh, yeah, nah, whoa, whoa, nah, just slow down, brother. Slow down. You might feel like you're not worthy, but you know you are, and here's all the reasons why. So I think just right. being able to like call out some of those insecurities is something that I learned through therapy that I didn't necessarily have. Like I would recognize and recognize the feeling of it. But I never could pinpoint and say, oh, this is what that is. And now that I can call it out, I'm, I empower myself because I recognize like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. And now this is what I, the techniques I need to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, right, like something that I am hearing underscored, right, is this, this level of awareness and how the simple act of being aware of how certain situations or moments or thoughts, right, trigger certain responses and feelings, how powerful the awareness is, because without the awareness, you're like you said, like, I didn't have the language, I felt the, I felt the feeling, but wasn't really sure, like, what it was or what I should do with it. And like, just having awareness and allows you to then make a choice to do something differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And without that awareness, then you're sort of just like, I keep, feeling this thing or like I keep putting myself in in experiences and positions where like I'm triggered by this thing 
because I don't have awareness of like mentally, like right where it takes me. And that awareness mm-hmm. helps you then to, to, it sounds like pull yourself out or to like stop a spiral before a spiral happens because simply you're aware. Right. And you can, you can sort of talk yourself off of the ledge. Yeah. But I, the one thing I would add to that is that sometimes I think we use awareness as a scapegoat. It's like, Oh, I'm aware mm-hmm. this happened. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh yeah. I keep, but just cause I know, just cause you know, and you're aware, doesn't mean you're actually doing anything to make a change for it. And I think like the addition of the awareness and also the techniques of like, okay, this is what you need to start doing. When you recognize these patterns and these behaviors, that's the really like the game changer to me of therapy is it's not just the awareness, but it's also giving you techniques and different ways to like go about certain issues for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely. I agree. Like it is awareness without action is only part of the equation, right? That like mm-hmm. to really see the change, the evolution, the growth that you want to see, right? It is awareness and action coupled together. Um, yeah. And making, and again, that those two things are a choice. It's a choice to like build your awareness and it's a choice to also act and move differently based on your awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier because you talked about um, having really thinking through in certain spaces, right? Like what you're feeling in your nervous system and like, do, does my body like feel at peace and does my body feel at ease? Um, Talk to me a little bit about the ways that like, even in the middle of transitions and seasons of growth and evolution and change and pivots that you make room to cultivate ease because I would, I would never put ease and transition in the same sentence, not that they can't exist, but I think that a lot of people see transition and change as things that are hard. And so I'm wondering how you make space for ease, even in the midst of um, transitional periods. Yeah. To your point, nothing in life is easy, right? Like there's nothing in life is easy. It's all hard. And I think in the ability to choose our hard and choose like what hardship we want to pick, I think that there's certain ways in which we feel about the choices that we make. So like when I think of ease, I think of the difference between like force, forcing something and alignment. When you're forcing something, you are doing everything in your power and then some to get across this line, regardless of how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you have no, you do not care about how you feel. The goal is to just get there. Where to me, alignment is more so of like, I'm going on this path. When I get there, I'll get there. And that is okay. And I think for me, like ease is more alignment than forcing. Like, I don't want to force anything. I don't want to force friendships. I don't want to force my dreams to happen. I don't want to force anything because usually I'm placing so much pressure on myself to get to somewhere that by the time I actually get there, I can't even appreciate it because I'm either drained. I'm stressed out or the process of getting there was so frustrating that it it makes getting there not even exciting anymore. Whereas for me, it's like eases that alignment of like, you know what, here's a difficulty, but you know what? I didn't, I wasn't ready for this. It's okay. I'm giving myself grace. I'm going to get through it. Once I get through it, I'm going to be proud that I got through it. And then we're going to still keep on going. So for me, it's all about like what makes my body feel not tense, but nice and mm. loose, nice and free. What makes my mind feel nice and free? And I think it's hard to control, but the point of it is like, it's not about controlling, it's about just surrendering, letting go. 
allowing mm-hmm. things to be what they are and then taking whatever happens and making the most of it and just continuing that process. And I think, again, it's easier said than done, but it's the one thing that I'm recognizing now, especially being a PhD program. The more I try to force something, the the more pushback and restraint my body and myself and my mind has from it. Whereas when I'm just like, you know what, when I work on it, when I get to it, when I start working it in that process, that's when it becomes so much more easier to me. Yeah. I'm curious to know, because I love, right, this idea of like oh, the awareness of our body and that our body is often all communicating things to us. And it mm-hmm. it is like, are we taking note of what our body's trying to communicate to us? And so when, and that is, that is a new concept for me, like within the last like year, mm-hmm. maybe that feels like a stretch, right? So just take note of in seasons and, and different experiences around certain people, like how my body feels and then in the moment, right? When necessary. And then sometimes, you know, later, right. Interrogating, like what, what was that feeling? And like, is that a feeling that I want to continue to experience? And so I'm curious, like, when did you, um, when did you be- begin to take notes of sort of like how your body felt and then use that as one of the many tools, right, to help you to find, to, to identify like what is in alignment and what isn't? Yeah. So, again, it all goes back to childhood. Um, my biggest insecurity growing up was acne. Like I used to really have bad, bad acne. And in hindsight, it wasn't that bad. But it was just more so like puberty. And then a lot yeah. of people around me just didn't have acne in the same way. And I'm light skinned. So, you know, I bruise yeah, easily. You can see it. You are. But I, I say all I have to say that because I was so insecure about acne, my biggest thing was like, I just wanted it gone. And that's when I started researching, like, what are things that I can do to make acne gone? Right. OK, if I cut out candies and sweets. OK, if I don't eat. Or if I don't drink soda, okay, if I start working out more, these are the things. So this is what helped me be more in tune with my body. And I think as that as the foundation of just cutting out foods and as being more mindful of like, oh, when I eat this, this is how I feel. When I do this, this is how I feel. If somebody Mm -hmm. touches my face, this is what happens. I think I took almost that formula and I brought it into the more awareness and the more education I had on how stress affects the body or how certain aspects and seeing other people that I know their bodies change or how certain illnesses affected them and how the history of like, for example, like diabetes and all these different things in my family, it goes from like, okay, now at first, this is a very health conscious way of living into okay now what is the the wellness aspect of it the holistic aspect of it so i think just over time already being really conscious about like what i'm putting in my body it kind of evolved into being a lot more conscious about how am i feeling about my body how am i feeling about myself like is my heart racing am i nervous am i scared like being able to not just take care of my my physical but also take care of that mental aspect too so it was like a perfect combination of just over time, adding to that repertoire of like, okay, it's bigger than acne now because I don't have acne at all in the mm-hmm. same way. So now that that's different and I want to keep this pattern of like a healthy lifestyle, how do I be healthy 
physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. Like I, I just kept on adding all the alleys to it. And now mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. I'm a little bit more aware of stuff. Yeah. Um, so what I heard you say is you not true to this. You're not new to this. You're true to this because you've been cultivating. Yeah, a, you've been cultivating this awareness for it's a lifestyle. Um, so because you are, you have been cultivating right an awareness of your body and all of the, all of the ways right that um, our body and our minds like are impacted by, you know, our environments broadly. What what tips? do you have for someone who's maybe like listening and saying like, you're right. Like there are, there are aspects of my body that I'm insecure about and I'm not sure what it looks like to like step into a healthy lifestyle, but I know that I want to, um, because it, because I want the conversation with myself to be better. And part of that, right. Is just really building, um, more, more trust in like what I'm doing and be more thoughtful about um, the experience that I'm having with my body. And so what tips do you have for someone who may just be starting or maybe building a better relationship and understanding of self within their body? I would, I would give them three tips, right? The first is just start. Because I think a lot of times we're, we're waiting to like perfect it or we have this expectation that it's going to be perfect and everything's going to change overnight. And you have to start somewhere. So start small and take the first step to whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest one, and it's something that I, I say not as somebody who has mastered this, but as somebody who this is a daily struggle and something that I have to work on every single day, is like, what are the narratives that you're telling yourself? Like mm-hmm. everything that we live by, everything that we work, is based on the narratives. So if you are telling yourself constantly, I'm not good enough, I can never do this, I'll never get to that point, then more than likely you're gonna start believing that narrative. So it's being able to like change the narratives that you're telling yourself and allowing a lot more grace in those narratives of like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm struggling right now and I know I'm gonna get it eventually. Like being able to have a healthy, again, having healthier conversations with yourself sets the foundation for you to be able to do all the things that you want to do and have healthier relationships, not just with people, but with yourself. And it all starts with what are the narratives you're sharing? And then again, the third one, and just to like echo it, it's just you got to give yourself grace because there's no perfect formula for being being able to get it right. And like, I know we see social media, we see our friends, we see all these different places of people who look like they have it all together. But I remember I went to this conference and something that was like eye-opening is this lady was like, you know, you see people win championships all the time, but just because you won a championship doesn't mean they're actually winning. And I, th- and I mm-hmm. think like, yeah, it can look like you're winning, but then when you go home with a championship and you're in a terrible situation, I'm comparing myself to like, oh, wow, you are the pinnacle of the what I want, but you might not even, that person might not even have peace. So I always try to remind myself and other people that like it, it looks different for everybody. And just because some people look like they have it all together, it's not always the case. So you got to give yourself grace and just understand that you're creating your own story. You have your own narrative. And so much of that is based on 
what you write, what you say, how you talk all to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so good. So, so good. Um, Nigel, as we wrap up, I my last question is always a fill in the blank statement with my guests. So less of a question, more of a fill in the blank. You can fill it mm-hmm. in or however you need to in this moment. Um, the statement is, I have permission to. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay, okay, okay. I have permission to be everything I believe I can be. Amen because and amen. I am in a chapter of my life where I no longer want to ask for permission to be all that I want to be. I want to go for it. And what do they say? It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Mm-hmm. Y'all going to have to just forgive me, man, because I got big dreams over here. Period. Um, Nigel, before um, I let you pop your stuff and like tell the people how they can connect with you, can I give you a permission affirmation? Yes, I sure. accept all affirmations, okay, prayers, <laughs> blessings. Um, so it's sort of in, it's funny because it's in alignment with what you sort of what you just said, and so love this energy of that. Um, I just want to let you know that you have permission to embrace your greatness and to welcome um, all of the doors that it opens for you. Um, I, you know this, like you are one of my favorite um, creatives to talk to and to brainstorm with. Um, One, because of the way that your mind works, but also because of, I think, the intentionality that you have with self and with others. And I know that like the sky isn't even the limit and you haven't even touched the surface in this season and you're just now getting ready to like really cook it up. And so I'm excited to see um, all of the paths that you get to cultivate, all of the people that you get to cultivate. And as you lean into just embracing who you are and the gifts and the talents that you have, um, allowing that to make room for you in more ways than you can imagine. Yeah, you talk make me cry. Like what's what's good with your energy? What what's good with your energy? You tell you trying to like you cutting where, where the onions at? Where the, where the onions at? Why you cutting the onions, right? Chill. Right, I appreciate I just, that, man. I appreciate that. I needed of that. Of course. Of course. Um, before we hop off, Nigel, could you let our listeners know where they can connect with you, where they can connect with you, how they can connect with you, and stay in touch with all of the things that you've got going on and what's coming next. Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, man, if y'all got Amazon, well, everybody got Amazon, go on amazon.com, type in endless possibilities with Nora and Vincent. I just released my first children's book. Please go. Get this in many places, many schools and many kids here. And also try to become a first time author and a first time best-selling author at the same time. So you already know the vibes. Um, but beyond that, yo, I, I do different media, talk shows, conversations, questions. My Instagram be popping. My Twitter be popping. You know, I'm just a popping person. So follow me at Nigel Marcellus, N-I-G-E-L-M-A-R-C-E-L-L-U-S on all platforms. You can find me damn near anywhere. And uh, yeah, just know one, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak. You're a miracle worker because somehow we did this around 30 minutes. But Two or three, I forget what number I'm counting because I'm not a math major. I'm a communication major. 
Miss Ma'am, first of all, people, I need y'all to understand, Jasmine has been talking about doing this podcast for a while. You know what I mean? And fortunately, I've gotten to hear many, many battles that she's had with herself. It's like, should I do it? Am I going to do it? How am I going to make it work? Is it going to like, what's going on? And when I tell you she has elevated, she has done it. She is on season two. Season two? You know how many people don't even get to season one? She on season two. She rocking. She got a vision for like a hundred plus more seasons. And she got a bunch of more extra dope guests. Like, Jasmine, you doing your damn thing. And not only are you doing your damn thing, you're doing your damn thing and you work a full-time job in which you impact people on a regular basis. So it's like, you're doing everything that you need to do. Ma'am, you are incredible. I am excited to see where you go. And you, Miss Ma'am, have permission to not only be great, but change the world because I know that's what's in you. And that's what we're going to do because when we, you know, we get a little older, we get a little bag and we on these conference floors, we going to, yeah. Yeah. So you already know yeah. the vibes. Both both have permission to be great, for sure. I I appreciate that. Um I appreciate that and I'm I'm really working on just being able to receive um the good stuff that people say about me and believe it. Um because I just don't be around liars. So I appreciate that affirmation. Um mm-hmm. well thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Permission to Pivot podcast. Hope that you like, subscribe, comment, share with a friend so they can be a part of the community. Looking forward to bringing on more dope experts, enthusiasts, and wellness advocates, mental health advocates for season two. So stay tuned. See you on the next episode of Permission to Pivot.